Now, I want to tell you the story about a real-life guy who is a professional arm wrestler. His name is Matthias Schleit. And Matthias Schleit was actually born with a rare genetic bone disorder that made his right arm a lot bigger than his left. And so you can imagine growing up, he was made fun of a lot. He was bullied a lot. And um, he kind of had to fight through that, overcome a lot of that. And one day, he's living in his hometown there, and he sees this sign about an arm wrestling challenge. And he thinks, hey, man, maybe this will work out in my favor. And so 143-pound, 16-year-old Matthias Schleit walked into this competition, and all these 300-pound guys looked at him and laughed until he beat every single one of them. Uh, Here's a picture of Matthias Schleit now, and you can see his right arm is like way bigger than his left arm because of this crazy disorder that he has. And now he has actually won 14 international championships when it comes to to arm wrestling. Talk about overcoming. I want to talk to you guys for several weeks about overcoming. And I don't just want to talk about overcoming struggles in life and hardship. That's all important, and and the Bible speaks to that. But what I really want to talk with you guys about is our sin struggles, how to overcome our sin struggles. Because the truth is, about you and I, is we have something in common with with Matthias. It plays itself out a little different. But see, you and I, we were born with this genetic disorder called sin. Every single one of us. And the way we differ from Matthias is that his disorder actually strengthened him, and our disorder weakens us. In fact, some of you guys, as you think about this series called Overcomer, you're thinking to yourself, man, I don't know how to be an overcomer of sin. I more feel overcome by sin. I more feel like it's just always owning me. In fact, you might kind of feel like that video, Ariana up against Sean the Tank. You might kind of be looking at your sin like, this is way bigger than me. I don't know how I can possibly overcome. And so I want to spend four weeks talking about different ways God has given us to overcome, different strategies he's given us to use from his word that are powerful, that are life-changing. If you're anything like me, I would guess that there are certain struggles you can trace back like 20 years in your life. Some of you guys that are a little younger, you can look at your life and say, yeah, there are certain struggles that I have that are my default struggles, the ones I kind of just naturally go back to. And I just want to kind of define something early for us here in this message, and it's this idea of the flesh. You see, our flesh, according to the Bible, is that part of us that's drawn to sin, that's drawn to do the things God doesn't want us to do. It's drawn away from living the way that God would have us live. And so often, you and I feel like this flesh is overcoming us. Like it's something we just don't know how to get past. And so I want to talk for several weeks about how to overcome. Now we're not going to get this perfectly, this side of heaven. And everybody hear me real loud and clear. That's what grace is for. That's what Jesus did on the cross for us. Um, He didn't look at us and say, hey, um, I'll get on that cross if you promise me you'll be the best you. And you try to overcome and you try to be better so that I can accept you. No, he got on the cross when we wanted nothing to do with him and he knew we never could overcome a thing. And then he got on the cross and that enabled us to become overcomers. So get that message real loud and clear. But tonight I want to start out with a verse that I really want to kind of be foundational for our series. There's a lot of places in the Bible that talks about overcoming. But there's one verse that I kind of want to be the foundation, and it's 1 John 5, 4, and John, the disciple of Jesus, says this, everyone born of God overcomes the world. So what does that mean? We've got to talk about a few parts of that verse. To be born of God, what does that mean? Well, you were once born. I don't know if you're aware of that. You were once physically born, okay? But there's this other kind of being born that the Bible talks about, and it's this spiritual birth. 
When you put your faith in Jesus, you are born of God. When you have a relationship with Jesus and you say, I trust in you, Jesus, what you did on the cross for me, you're born of God or you're now in this relationship with God. And so John is saying here, everyone who has a relationship with Jesus overcomes the world. Well, what does that mean? It's kind of vague and, and, and we don't quite understand what it means here. So I was doing some studying and looking at some commentators. That word, world, what is that all about? Because I want you to know what you're able to overcome as a follower of Jesus. And so you guys can read this definition of world from a commentator that I found. He said that the world here is all that is opposed to keeping the commandments of God in this world, including our corrupt flesh. Remember that struggle, that that part of us that goes towards things that God wouldn't have us do. And also including Satan, the prince of this world. So overcomers, those born of God, overcome the temptations this world throws at us, our own flesh pulls us towards, and those little whispers that Satan whispers in our ear. That's what an overcomer can overcome. And if you're born of God, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you can be an overcomer. Like I said, we're not going to get this perfectly. We're going to fall. We're going to stumble. We're going to struggle here and there. That's the grace of God. When we look to him and we say, God, forgive me. I did it again. I can't believe I went back. Please forgive me. But here's what I want to encourage you with. As we grow in our relationship with Jesus, we should see growth in our life. We should see we're growing. We're more and more overcoming different struggles, things that owned us 20 years ago, things that owned us five years ago, things that owned us last month should begin to lose their grip as we put some of this stuff we're going to talk about in this series into practice. And so today I want to talk with you about one of the first things we're going to learn And uh, it has to do with our minds. You see, what you and I set our minds on have tremendous influence on how we live. What you and I think about, what we allow into our brains, what we then, you know, kind of roll over and over and over in our minds, what we stay our minds on, what we set our minds on, have incredible influence on how we eventually live. I don't know if you know this, but the brain between your ears is very, very powerful. And this is not some kind of new age message, mind over matter thing. No, you're going to see a really biblical view on this. And God says that what you and I think about determines how we live. And so the brain that you have there, man, it's pretty amazing. You have 100 billion neurons in your brain, making your brain the most powerful learning tool in the world. These 100 billion neurons send information to your brain at over 150 miles per hour. So things are flying, thoughts are flying, right? Uh, You're going to like this one. Scientists say that the smell of chocolate increases certain brain waves that triggers relaxation. So your pastor just told you, keep some chocolate around nearby, okay? So you guys go ahead and you do that and be godly, all right? uh, I don't know if you guys have ever been diagnosed with this. Phenopalatine ganglioneuralgia. Anybody had that diagnosis? You've all experienced it. It's the scientific term for brain freeze, all right? So the next time you're having a slurpee and that thing goes off in your brain, I want you to, instead of saying brain freeze, I want you to go, Sphenopalatine ganglionilariolgia, and either your friends will be very impressed or run. I'm not sure which one it'll be. Um, We have about 70,000 thoughts a day. 70,000. When we remember or we think about something new, we're actually forming a new connection in our brain. So the brain that you have is incredibly, incredibly powerful. It can do things you didn't realize it could do, and God knows that. 
In fact, I want to kind of prove something to you. I need, a, I need a volunteer. Don't be afraid to volunteer. My last volunteer is showing marked signs of improvement and should be off the crutches any day now. So we're doing pretty well. No, but come on. Who's going to help me out? I need somebody. I need somebody. You can help me out, bro? Come on out, man. All right, good. I'm going to give this guy this mic. Awesome. What's your name? Tell the crowd your name. I'm Dallas. Dallas. Dude, that's a pretty epic name. I like that. I think that, that should be like the name of a city or something. That's really good. They should name a city after you. That's cool. They oh, they did. Okay, cool. All right, turn around, my friend. And uh, I want you to read what's up here on the screen. Don't freak out. Don't zoom in too much. Just kind of do your best to read that. You think you can do that? I couldn't believe that I could actually understand what I was reading. The phenomenon? Yep, phenomenal. I don't know what that one is. <laughs> Power. Power of the human mind. All right, it's going. Here we go. With some words, it doesn't matter in what order the letters are, you know, a word are. The only important thing is that the first and last letter be in the right place. Keep going. <laughs> You're doing the rest of the message. Um, <laughs> the rest can be a total mess, and you can still read it without a problem. Amazing, huh? Yeah, and you always thought spelling was important. Good job. Very well done. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Good stuff. <laughs> Awesome. So your brain is really, really powerful. And tonight, I want to just show you through what God's Word has to say that what you focus your brain on, what you focus your mind on, what your mindset is, will influence how you live. And so we're going to look at some verses here tonight that are really, really powerful and that I think will challenge you a lot. And the way I kind of want to just set this up is to say that the power of our brain can be used in really good ways or really bad ways. Some of you have experienced this already in life, haven't you? You know that the brain is powerful and what you think about and what you set your mind to can be very positive or can get you into a lot of trouble, can't you? In fact, I'm just going to say it this way. When we set our mind on sinful things, we usually end up living in sinful ways, don't we? When we set our mind on sinful things, when we fill our mind with sinful things and we think about those sinful things and we kind of cling in our mind to those sinful things, we usually end up living in sinful ways. I'll just give you some examples, right? Someone hurt you. And you just think about that hurt. You think about what they did to you. You stay your mind on what they said or what they did or how they betrayed you. And you're going to live an angry, unforgiving life, aren't you? You think about sexual impurity. Think about things that are wrong. Now, let me just say this real loud and clear. God invented sex. Sex is a great thing, but when we're using and distorting that and we're filling our minds with either images or people that we know, checking them out, thinking about that, or thinking about past experiences we might have had or things we've heard other people have done, and we're filling our minds with that and we're setting our minds on those things, we're going to live out of those thoughts. What about fear? Some of you guys in the room would say, man, my default thing is fear. I'm always back at anxiety and fear and dread. And man, I'm telling you, when you and I set our minds on all those things that possibly could go wrong, we're going to live in a constant state of fear and anxiety. What about an ego? Some of us in the room would say, yeah, man, I got an ego. And we let those thoughts about how great we think we are run through our minds. We set our minds on us, and we make everybody around us sick because we're so arrogant and egotistical. And so you know this is true, that what you set your mind on so powerfully influences how you live. So when you set your mind on sinful things, you live in sinful ways. Now there's some hope though, right? Because like I said earlier, we're not just talking about sin tonight, we're talking about how to overcome it. And the mind is really powerful, and what we set our minds on can get us in trouble, but can also be used for great good. 
And so I just want you to think about the power of what you fill your mind with. When I was a youth pastor, I would talk with kids, and they'd say, you know, I really want to live for Jesus, and I just feel like one of the things that gets me in trouble is my mouth. I'm telling dirty jokes, I'm, I'm just cursing and swearing all the time, and I'm saying things I don't want to say, and I just, I just feel like I can't overcome that. And I would say, hey, that's a great goal to have to, to overcome that, but let me ask you a question. What are you filling your mind with in the first place? Are you filling your mind with all kinds of junk? Are you watching movies and listening to music that has an F word every other sentence? Do you, do you listen to lots of comedians? Are you watching movies that are just filthy and full of dirty jokes? Because when you set your mind on that stuff, when you fill your mind up with that stuff, when that's your diet for your mind, that's exactly what's going to end up coming out of you. And so it's so important that we're so careful about what we set our minds on. If we live, if we think about or set our minds on sinful things, we'll live in sinful ways. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I want you to just see how practical God's word is. That it can make such a difference in our day-to-day life. That it's not all this kind of spiritual out there stuff that doesn't matter where, the, the, where, where, where life happens here. But man, God's word is so practical to help us overcome struggles. And even more than that, as I already share a little bit about what Jesus has done for us, I want you to hear a little more about what he's done for you. And so we're going to look at the book of Romans today and next week. We're going to basically uh, do two verses today, and then we're going to do a whole bunch of verses next week and talk about a completely different topic. It was all one big message, but I was just going through it and working on this part of it, and I said, I don't want people to miss this. If I just do one big message with both parts attached, even though this part's just two verses, the power in these verses is so life-changing, I didn't want to get lost in everything we're going to talk about next week. And so we're kind of just separating those up. We'll pick up next week right after this. But I want you guys to check out with me what Paul wrote to his friends in Rome in Romans chapter 8, verse 5. It's so loud and clear here. Um, It says this, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. It's just so incredibly clear, isn't it? I grew up knowing Romans 8. Romans 8's like, I think, one of the best chapters in the whole Bible. I mean, it's just incredible. The stuff that you find in Romans 8 is just amazing. And these few verses we're going to talk about tonight, just in the last year or so, really came to life for me. I mean, I kind of just missed that. You know, it's like, man, why do I keep sinning? Why do I keep struggling? Well, Paul's been telling us for 2,000 years that those who live according to the flesh or that part of us that's drawn towards sin, those who keep ending up in that place, one of the reasons we end up giving in It's because we have our minds set on what that flesh desires. We just keep feeding that part of our mind that's all about the flesh. It's all about, you know, porn or anger or anxiety or any of those kinds of things. And so here is Paul saying, hey, it really matters how you think. And when you think about sinful things, you will live in sinful ways. It's just that simple. Um, I'll just kind of give you guys an illustration of this how powerful our minds are and how crazy this all really works out. In my house, we have a cookie jar, and I think it's one of the worst inventions of all time. Um, I'm going to change the name of it to a temptation jar, okay, and put little horns on it. Anyway, uh, and so the temptation jar is sitting out on the counter and it's filled with cookies. And, of course, the temptation jar that I have is clear, which doesn't help at all. So every time I walk into the kitchen, I'm seeing the cookies there in the temptation jar, right? 
Now, if it were not clear, I would stand a better chance. I'd still see the jar. I wouldn't see the actual cookie sitting there, right? And so every time I walk in, my mind is reset on what's in that temptation jar. And, of course, I'm going to it more often than I should because I'm just simply seeing it. It's on my mind. I I can tell you this. If the same cookies were in the house, nestled safely in their store-bought container behind pantry doors, I would go for them less because my mind's just not on them. I'm just walking through the kitchen. And my mind gets reset. Oh, yeah, we have this. Cool. And I just, I just kind of dig in, right? And so this is exactly the problem that we find in our lives. We go, man, my mind's reset now. On I saw that person at church. My mind's reset on what they said to me. I saw that person at school. My mind's reset on what we did on spring break last year. My mind's reset on, man, how great I think I am after that game I just played. And our minds get reset on this stuff, and then we live out of it. And so when we think about when we set our minds on fleshly things on sinful things we're going to live in sinful or fleshly ways that's Paul's very clear conclusion here but then there's good news too and see it's not just about hey don't do this then Paul gives us a hey do this and so we're going to look at the next part of the verse it says but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires now, I just really quickly, i got to tell you that the spirit here that he's talking about, notice it's capital S, right? So he's not talking about your human spirit. He's not talking about uh, the force out there with Obi-Wan Kenobi and his twin brother, Obi-2 Kenobi. He's um, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that God put in you. So when Jesus got on the cross and he rose back from the dead, and then you put your trust in him, he puts the Holy Spirit in your life. I just want to be loud and clear on this. When we talk about changing, when we talk about living a different life, I want you to know this. When you look to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does the heavy lifting in your life. You know, some of you here tonight going, I don't know how to do this, Doug. I I just feel like no matter what I do, I'm always going to struggle with that thing. But see, when we set our minds on what the Holy Spirit wants, what he's trying to lead us to, what he's trying to accomplish in and through our lives, he does the heavy lifting. He gets in there. He says, all right, partner with me in this. But man, watch what I will do in your life. Watch what I'm able to pull off that you just simply can't pull off. And so one of the reasons, you look back over your life and you go, man, I know I did it God's way here. One of the reasons that's probably true is because you set your mind on what the Holy Spirit wanted to do instead of on what the flesh wanted to do. And so you are faced with a choice. Do Do I look at porn? Do I honor God? Well, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do here? Okay, I can, I can set my mind. And, and some of us, are we, we know ourselves too well that, man, when we have our mind set on something and, and we're just headed down a certain road, it's like, stay out of my way. I'm just going. But, man, what if we step back and we, we just ask that question, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do here? How would you lead me right now? Instead of looking at that, oh, oh you want me to enjoy intimacy and marriage someday. Oh, you want me to honor the wife you gave me? Oh, you want me to respect all females because they're made in your image. And when I look at one of them like a piece of meat, I actually dishonor you. Okay, Holy Spirit, that's a whole different way of living. Imagine the temptation, the flesh is pulling you toward anger and unforgiveness. And Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Oh, you want to free me. You want to free me from this terrible prison of anger and unforgiveness that I am in. You want me to let that person go just like Jesus let me go. Oh, okay, Holy Spirit, that's a different way of living. 
You see, when you and I, we set our minds on what the Spirit wants, we're going to live a different way. When we stop just being kind of pulled along by our flesh and we say, Holy Spirit, what are you up to? What are you wanting to do? We'll see a very different way of living. And so now, if you're sitting here going, all right, Doug, I hear you, but motivate me, man. Motivate me. Why do I want to do what the Spirit wants me to do? Well, Paul read your mind 2,000 years ago because this is what he says in verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death. So why should I not give in to what the flesh wants me to do? Not just because God says don't. Just so you know, every time God says don't, there's a great reason behind it. It's not to ruin your fun or ruin your life. It's to preserve your life. And so he says, Paul says, all right, the mind governed or controlled or set on the flesh, sin, doing whatever feels good in the moment, it leads to death. Just so you know. And I think there's three kinds of death we can bring up here. One is eternal death, eternal separation from God. Living eternity apart from him. But there's a second kind I think it talks about, and that's death here and now. Because sometimes our sin leads to physical death, doesn't it? I mean, how many times have we heard about people that have OD'd? How many times have we heard about somebody that was just doing the wrong thing and it led to physical death? Someone who was so irate, they murdered someone. I mean, just these incredible things that happen because of sin. But, but then I think the third one that can hit us is the one that can hit us right here and right now. The third type of death is the death you and I experience every single day when we choose sin. What do I mean by that? Well, husbands in the room, wives in the room, when we choose to lash out at our spouses in anger and unforgiveness, there's a little bit of death in that marriage, isn't there? You know, guys and girls, when we, when we choose to go down those roads of impurity, there's some death to our innocence. I think of the, the teenage kid who decides for the first time to jump online and start to look at porn. It's the death of just that innocence that God had placed in him and wanted so badly to preserve. And so there's death around us every day. I mean, anxiety, the death of peace, death of joy, the death of being able to take a deep breath and laugh and enjoy life. And so, yeah, there's all kinds of death that sin leads to. Somebody once said, sin will never, ever take you where you want to go. It promises big, but it never takes you where you want to go. And so the mind governed by the flesh is death. But then he goes on and he gives us good news. He says, but the mind governed or set on or controlled by the Holy Spirit is what? Is life and peace. It's life and peace. So every time you and I choose what the Holy Spirit has, we know what the result will be, life and peace. God's going to breathe life. So when I choose to respond to my wife in humility and love and forgiveness, it's going to breathe life into my marriage. When I um, honor my wife with the way that I look at other women or I look at images on a screen or, or don't look at images on a screen, it's going to lead to life in that marriage. And that leads to great peace for me. Every time you or I say, okay, you know what? Fear is coming after me hardcore here, but I'm going to know the Holy Spirit is in me. The, the Holy Spirit, the one who raised Jesus back from the dead, is in me. And I can be at peace. Knowing no matter what happens, even if my worst fears came true, he's got me. And he uses it all for good. Man, that's, that's a different way of living, isn't it? And so you and I can know that the mind controlled, governed, set on what the Spirit desires will lead to life and peace. I can tell you, in the last year and a half or so that this, uh, these view, verses have really hit home for me, I've, I've thought them and I've spoken these verses back so many times when I'm, I'm sitting there and I know what the flesh wants to do, 
And I go, but wait, that's going to lead to death. And the Holy Spirit right now wants to lead me to life and peace. I got a choice to make right now. I could go left or I could go right. And man, if I do what the Holy Spirit wants, I'm going to end up thankful later. And if I do what my flesh wants, something's going to die. I don't know about you, but I'm just tired of that. I'm tired of us walking down those roads that lead to death. I'm tired of us going down those places that only lead to brokenness. And so, you know what? I haven't maybe said your thing tonight. I haven't said your default struggle maybe. But I can guarantee you that you can plug it into this equation. And the exact same results will happen every time. That there's a very good chance that when you set your mind on what the flesh has, it's leading to death. You're choosing sin. But when you set your, your mind on what the spirit wants, it's leading to life and to peace, and you're seeing a little bit more and more every day some overcoming going on in your life. So let's just kind of review what we talked about. What we think about is a big deal. When we think about or set our minds on sinful things, we'll live in sinful ways. And sin leads to death. When we set our minds on godly things, we live in godly ways, and that brings us life. And so it's so simple, but the choice is ours. And I just simply want you to know that when we set our minds on godly things, we'll live in godly ways. That's how you overcome. That's one of the ways you overcome is you start to simply set your mind on what the Holy Spirit would have you do. And I'm going to talk a little bit in a minute about how that works and how we do that. But man, I just think you and I want the life and the peace. You and I want to stop walking down those roads of death. Paul motivated us in an incredible way here, I think, tonight. And so I hope tonight you're just going to say, all right, you know what? I don't want to keep making decisions that end in brokenness. No, I'm not going to get it right every time. No, I'm not going to always do what honors God. There are going to be times I'm going to fall and give in to my flesh, and the grace of God is there, and we learn from it, and we grow, and he still uses that for good because he's that good to us. But there's always that death involved, isn't there? Even though we're forgiven and even though we're loved and even though we're set back and he, he picks us back up and he dusts us off and he gives us a hug and he says, let's keep going. There's always that, that death. And I just want so badly for you and I to say, no, let's just go for life and peace. Let's ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to do in these situations. Let's walk the way he's called us to walk. He's called us to walk in certain ways because he loves us, because he wants the best for us. And so there's a couple of things I want you to do this week. Two things, two ways to respond to this message, and they go perfectly together. You can't do one without doing the other. And so the first thing I want you to do is I want you to stop setting your mind on what the flesh wants. I want you to catch yourself setting your mind on what the flesh wants. I want you to catch yourself going, oh, okay, I'm thinking about that again. You know what? It's incredible. The brain God has given us is incredible. we got all these neurons and all this cool stuff going on. But way stronger than your brain is the Holy Spirit in you. And so you, by God's grace, you have the power to control what you think about. You absolutely 100% do. You have what it takes because the Holy Spirit is in your life and he's doing the heavy lifting to help you stop thoughts that are not going to lead to life and peace. One of my favorite things to do to my six-year-old son, because this kid loves to jump off anything he can find himself on. And so I follow him around and chase him around. And one of my favorite things to do is sneak up on him when he has no idea I'm there 
and he's like mid-jump, he'll like leap off his bed, and I just grab him in midair, and he just like stops in time, you know, and he looks back at me with these big eyes and laughs, you know, and he's like, I thought I was going to land and roll and be like Batman. I'm like, nah, man, I, I got you, you know, I, I captured you, I interrupted that, and you know what? Paul tells us another place in scripture that we should take captive or capture every thought, every single thought to the obedience of Christ. And so just like Landon, man, you and I, we need to grab those thoughts midstream, mid-jump, as they're trying to roam around through our minds, as they're trying to find space to continue to take things a step further. We need to stop them. We need to say, I know where you're going to take me. If I let this thought play out, in big ways or little ways, it'll lead to death. And I want life and peace. And so I encourage you guys this week, catch yourself setting your mind on the flesh and stop yourself because the Holy Spirit's in you and you can. It's possible to control what you set your mind on. And when you do that, you'll begin to see some changes in your life. I just want to encourage you with something that might seem off topic, but I promise you it's not. It's really vital in this whole struggle that we're going through and trying to overcome. One of the games that Satan loves to play is when he drops a little thought in your mind and if you do the right thing and you kind of stop that thought early on, he loves to then condemn you for having the thought that he planted in your mind in the first place. It's not a fun game, but it's a real one. And I know you've experienced it. And I just want you to know, when you stop that thought, and then Satan goes, pervert, arrogant, angry. Just no, 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 wait, 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 wait. You had me going down that road, but I took that thought captive by the grace of God. And now I'm walking toward life and peace. And so first things first, catch yourself. Setting your mind on the flesh and stop that thought. And then secondly, set your mind on what the Holy Spirit wants. Set your mind on what the Holy Spirit wants. How do you do that? You set your mind on what the Holy Spirit wants by being in God's word. That's one of the best ways, the best way really, that you can know what God wants and it's always going to lead to life and peace. And so when you're in God's word and you know, and, and this might just come, you don't have to know the whole Bible. And I, I certainly don't know whole the, the whole Bible or have that memorized or anything crazy like that. But when you know a few verses, a few things, a few themes that will help you, that you're in the middle of saying, okay, should I go this way or this way? Well, God's word says, so I know the spirit is going to lead me to forgive. I know the spirit's going to lead me to turn the computer off right now. The spirit's going to lead me to call a friend that can be someone that can Help me get back on the right path. And so being in God's word, praying. God, I'm so angry right now. God, help me forgive. It's what you did to me. Help me do what you did. This is why accountability is so important. Be able to have someone in your life that can stare you in the face and say, bro, you're on a road that leads to death. Let's turn around. Let's go toward life and peace. That's why it's so important you're here. Because when you come here, you're going to hear different ways God is trying to set you on roads that lead to life. And so anything that helps you know God, be it a person, be it the scripture, be it a podcast, be it coming to church, be it a community group, whatever is going to help you with that, in the moment, you can go, okay, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do here? Help me see what you're up to. And so that's a really powerful tool, just asking that question. I know what my flesh wants. Holy Spirit, what do you want? That's going to lead me to death. You're going to lead me to life and peace. So I want what you have. Purity is possible, guys. Humility is possible. 
peace is possible. Forgiveness is possible. Along with the billion other things that you may struggle with and feel like they're impossible. The Holy Spirit's in you. He'll do the heavy lifting and he'll enable you to set your minds on what is going to lead to life and peace. If you're not a follower of Jesus, I just want you to know the only reason any of this is possible is because Jesus put himself on a cross for you and I. Jesus died, like I said earlier. He rose back from the dead. He put the Holy Spirit in our lives. And his desire, like I've been saying all along, is to do the heavy lifting in us that we just simply could never do ourselves. And so he loves you incredibly. He wants to free you from all the junk in the past, all the regret, all the shame you feel. He wants to keep picking you up when you fall, and he wants to empower you to live a life you've just never been able to live before. And so here's what I want to do. I want us to close in prayer in just a second. And there's going to be three parts to the prayer. The first part, I'm going to lead you Christians through a prayer and just trying to ask the Holy Spirit to help you in these areas. Secondly, I want to give non-Christians an opportunity to put their trust in Jesus. And lastly, I want to pray for those of us that are in the room that feel so stuck in our sin that it's like, Doug, that's a great little strategy, but I'm way gone. I'm like so much further gone than that. I'm so addicted. I'm so deep in a pit that I need God to just lift me out and do a straight-up miracle. And so those are the three prayers we're going to pray in just a second. But this week, will you stop those fleshly thoughts? Will you set your mind on godly things, on what the Holy Spirit wants? Because when you and I, when we set our minds on godly things, we'll live in godly ways. Let's pray. God, thank you for your desire for us to walk closely with you. Thank you for your desire for us to overcome and not stay stuck in our sin patterns. God, thank you for these incredible brains you've placed between our ears, and thank you so much more so for the Holy Spirit that's in our lives to enable us to do what we just couldn't without you. So Christians, if you're thinking about that thing or those things you struggle with, those default sin things you always go back to, would you come before God now and would you ask him, to help you this week, do those two things we talked about. Capture the fleshly thoughts and set your mind on what the Spirit wants. Would you be specific with God? This is a heavy night, man. When we closed our service this morning, it was thick in here. It was like nobody was laughing, nobody was joking after service. It was, it's a heavy thing, but it's worth it to be overcomers, to be free, to get to life and peace that God wants for us. And so if you're a follower of Jesus, get specific. God been looking at porn. God, I've been so angry. God, I've been gossiping. God, I've been so fearful. God, I've been so arrogant. God, I'm addicted. God, I'm a liar. Be specific with him and ask him for the strength to set your minds on what the Spirit would lead to with life and peace. Some of you just need to invite the Holy Spirit back into the conversation. You've been trying to do the heavy lifting yourself and you're so frustrated. You need to invite the Holy Spirit back into the conversation, back into your life, and ask him to do what you can. And so Christians, spend that time. If you're not a follower of Jesus, let me lead you in a prayer. If you would like to pray this, it's between you and God. I'm not going to ask you to fill out a card or raise your hand or come forward or sing a song or any of that. It's just between you and God. And so would you just pray something like this if you want to. Jesus, thank you for 
dying on the cross in my place. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your desire for me to have life and peace. And so God, today I put my faith in you. And I thank you for the salvation you are giving me that I do not deserve. And now I just want to pray for anybody just stuck in the pit. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do what none of us can. I ask you to reach down deep in our lives where we are stuck or we are struggling, where we're addicted, where we're in chains. And I ask you to to rip us out of that pit, God, to break those chains off us by your mercy and grace, God. That there be people set free tonight that would be able to say in a week and then a year and then 10 years and then 50 years, it was that night. It was that night God set me free. And I've never looked back. I pray that would be many people's stories tonight. We thank you for your power, Holy Spirit. And we look to you in your name. Amen.